us slap on a little of that patchouli and drop the needle on some Inya as we bask in the aura of Inspire AD. I'm this. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy, guys. We're back with another uh, spiritual edition of Inspire AD where we are trekking along the linear history of Inspire Pro, newly minted Inspire AD. Uh, this particular episode finds us still at AFS Cinema. We have not been uh, kicked out yet, <laughs> so that's coming. Um, but yeah, man. Hey, happy to be here. Yeah. Good to be heard again. I, Hi. I always try to like, or I, at least I used to, I think I was like, I, I'm going to get in on the intro thing, but like, no matter where I think you're going with it, it's always something else. So. Yeah, yeah. My um, my level of stupidity, stupid stupidity is is eclectic. I like to think. Um, so I think today uh, we've been actually getting some questions, man. And uh, I figured it might be kind of a a, a good time to uh, to to face some of them, to face the music, man. Um. Anyway, yeah, man, we got we got a we got a host of questions. We're gonna burn through those, and then we're gonna jump into License to Death Wish Two. License to Death Wish being one of my all-time favorite event names. Um, again, borrowing from License to Drive, License to Kill, and of course the Death Wish franchise, starring uh, Charles Bronson, who is the greatest man who ever lived. Of course, this was my tribute to him. Um, I think one of the <laughs> I think one of the questions, the, the first question that I actually got here was from, was from a uh, young Trenty. Uh, he, he asked me, what are some of the off the wall show names that I had that Miss completely said no to? <laughs> I know that one that I wanted to call, I wanted to call one of our shows. We're the best forever. Yeah. Just, you know, after the DJ Khaled line, just because I, it was like a middle finger to everybody that was running uh, in town at the time. And Biss said, no, we need to stay humble. I don't know if Biss is still of that mindset. Um, I'm still very humble, yes. Uh -huh, yes. I'm the best at being humble. I'm sure. I, no one is better <laughs> at being humble than you. I think there was like a, even a gimmick where we actually talked about that that was really based on you saying, honestly saying shit like that. Just like, <laughs> guys, I am the best at being humble. No one's more humble than me. Yeah. Um, really, there aren't that many show names that get rejected. That's why it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fact. I mean, that, like, that's kind of the weird, like, the creative stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll butt heads and we'll hammer it out. And we'll talk about that on some of this show, right? But um, the I I understand like the marketing and the show names and that type of stuff is not really my field, so for the most part, unless it's just something that I think is going to cause excess drama, I'm like, yeah, sure, let's fuck, let's go with it, you know. Yeah, so like all my racist show names totally got <laughs> shit shit can't no. Just just to clarify since people can't fucking joke anymore. Jesus no, there were Christ no there were no there were no racist show names. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding about I'm kidding about being racist. I like two racist too, bro. No, I'm not being racist. I'm not racist. There were no racist show names. You can't make jokes anymore. I keep forgetting that. No. Um can't make jokes and you can't work anybody. Yeah, man. Um so uh, the uh, another question that we got uh pertained to my background as a screenwriter and the question was if I would ever consider doing a cinematic style episode of Inspire and the answer is fuck no um, thank you thank you so yeah, much I think, baby uh, Jesus yeah I think that's an exceedingly awful idea because I think it just that that you want to present what you do with a sense of realism yeah you know and the way how would you even edit that I think it would kind of rob the idea of 
an actual match or the artistry of a match because when you make a film it's very it's very um i don't even know how you would do that you know i don't think it would work i i personally don't enjoy the cinematic stuff that wwe does i think a lot of that stuff kind of uh it's too much it it it, there is no i can't i don't think you can really suspend disbelief when you're seeing a lot of that stuff Uh, a lot of my film background though does really kind of go to simply deferring to people who have uh, a similar sensibility uh uh, that I, you know, I have I have a lot in common with certain people. Um, uh, Mohit, who does like a lot of our backstage stuff, he brings a lot of that to the table when he's doing stuff. He's, I think, to me, um, instead of trying to film matches in a different way, I would love to focus more on backstage stuff and yep. creating a sense uh, of it being more realistic. And I think we've done a lot of really good stuff in that department. I think a lot of our later. Uh, backstage stuff was really golden. Uh, that's where I'm at on that. I think <clears throat> in, in a bigger world picture too, you look at like you look like a guy like uh, I think it's Keith, mm-hmm. Keith Johnson that works with the he he got signed to I believe the Fed, but he was working with um, Game Changer when Joey Janela is all his vignettes. Mm-hmm. I think that benefits you a lot more than the cinematic match does. Um, it, what's funny, we actually talked about doing something sort of like that before yeah. WWE completely bastardized it. Mm-hmm. And now I think the two faces out of the tube, right? It would be very hard to do something, even if it was good, and not have it thought of like those. Yeah, I, I was at one point really considering doing something that was uh, like a pay-per-view type thing that we pre-filmed. Yeah. But I, I, don't, think, I don't think it would work. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to do something in some weird off the wall location, yeah. but I wasn't really gonna, I was, I mean, I, I was going to let the matches speak for themselves, but it's just, it, I just don't think we would derive the same sort of value from it as we do like a live show. Yeah. There's a, I don't even, some of the editing, uh, like ECW and Heyman was very good at editing out botches. Right. Oh yeah. And, um, it just, to me, it kind of loses some of the spirit, right. When yeah. you over edit, um, but yeah, like the Fed did that weird greatest match ever thing where they just like were literally piecemealing together the match so that everything was perfect. And even then, it, it didn't even win their match of the year. So, you know. Yeah. So. Um, another question was, and this is interesting because uh, people come, people go, people get injured, you know. Um, the gentleman in question that we're about to talk to actually left state. This is sh- this is this is a shoot, brother. He left state to pursue uh, to pursue some some employment opportunities at the time. Um, but we were asked what I guess that kind of yanks the yanks the veil off uh, some stuff that's going to happen um, in the future. But they asked they asked what our projected plans for Tempo if he hadn't moved out of Texas. Um, <clears throat> I think really w- what we were building toward was something between he and Ricky again. Yeah. Um, but not, but not really pushing him as a, as a heel. Um, we just thought we could get a really big more key match out of it. If we continued to build him up, um, there was of course also the opportunity for Tempo to come back and do a, a secondary title run. I think that was part of what my grand design was doing another title ranking match yeah. where, uh, where Tempo and, and Ricky faced off to determine which champion would be primary. I thought that would be a great revisiting of Keith and Ricky again, but of course I had designed it so that 
Ricky would, would go over. I think there was even talk of Ricky dropping uh, or, or, or winding up with, with the Inspire Pro Championship and uh, uh, Tempo winding up with the Pure Prestige. Um, I think there was even talk about some MJF Tempo stuff. Yeah. Because he, he's, you know, coming up, Tempo is unceremoniously kind of treated like a stepchild and leaves uh, the tutelage of uh, friends under corporate contract. And so that was one thing we were building toward. I liked the idea of Tempo and Ricky kind of being this force that needs to combine in order to um, depose of this, this, this heel faction. Yeah, Rick, but that's, that's what we were going for. Yeah, I mean, really there's so many directions we could have gone in, but we had a lot of different ideas. And at that point in time, you kind of always have to be malleable because you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. ultimately... Where things went with MJF is a good example of that. Um, n- another question, uh, <clears throat> which is from one of the boys. Um, please, more Voodoo Donuts. <laughs> uh, are Voodoo Donuts still open? Yeah. yeah. They're still in business? Yeah, there was Voodoo Donuts at the, at the golf gimmick. So Really? Yeah, they're still around. That's good um, to know. They, they were an official sponsor of our last uh, last event we put on. Yeah, we should reach out to them. You know what we should do? You know, you know what we should do, Biss? Donut reviews. <laughs> Maybe they could send us a box yep. of different donuts, and we'll just sit here review and them. yeah, we'll review them. Donut. I like this idea. Um, I need a I need a way to look shittier. Um, <laughs> you know, I've lost a lot of weight over the pandemic once I quit drinking. So. I'm right on top of it. So yeah, brother. Let's let's reach out to Voodoo Donuts. Let's see if we can get them back on board for when we return, which is actually pending. That's going to happen, um, and it's probably going to happen a lot sooner than a lot of folks think. But we'll see. Um, you want? Should we tell the backstory of the Voodoo Donuts? Yeah, sure. Go for it. It, it was actually Ethan Page, right? Yeah, Ethan Page so was was like Gaga for these fucking Voodoo Donuts, right? And like was basically like you should get sponsored by them. So we did. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the story. And then he was super jealous once we got the sponsorship. But yeah, but yeah, Ethan Page came in, checked out Voodoo Donuts and was like, these are amazing. Why are you not sponsored by them? And uh, <laughs> boys all love the Voodoo Donuts. So they got that car rush before the show. I, I fucking uh, I think that was that was one that I brokered one of the few, usually I'm not involved in that stuff. No. But yeah, I ended up getting a sponsorship and traded uh, publicity for literal donuts. This is from this question is from an anonymous party um, that they asked not to be named, <clears throat> and and so therefore the uh, the wording is a little interesting. They ask me if I am on good terms with T.J. Albert and Dunbar, and if I would be interested in doing a fireside episode with any of them. We're definitely on good terms with with Dunbar. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I love Al- Albert's like my family. So Albert, I don't think Albert likes me. But I don't think we're on bad terms. We're not on bad. Like we'd work, we'd, we'd work together. Yeah. But I personally can't see Albert coming to my house and sitting across the table from me without him being just not very nice. Like I, I just—he's never really been nice to me. Yeah. You know, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't think Albert at this point is, would be interested in, in doing very many sit-down things. He's—he's he's very secluded at this point. I don't think I'd have much to say to him anyway. I think I think the fireside is really kind of. Uh, it's dependent on your chemistry with the individual. I think yeah. what I did with Dan uh, the other the other week was was real good, and it's because Dan and I have a chemistry. We you know we we have a lot of things in common. We get along. Um, as for TJ, 
I have not talked to TJ in ages. Yeah, I, I've still talked to TJ. So, um, I just what's the over what's the over under on TJ brother? What's is he is he burnt out? Fireside? No, no, no. Is he fireside? Well, I don't know what I would ask him. Um, but also, I got I don't know. There are times where I have felt like he's kind of burnt out on shit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he is. Uh, had his his run with wrestling and had his fun with it on this side of things. I think he definitely thinks about some of the the stuff that uh, he was doing solo before. But yeah, yeah, I think as far as a month in month out grind type deal, I think those days are behind him. I guess my also my feeling was I don't really feel like he was much into Inspire by the end. That was just my opinion. Yeah. I don't think he I th- I don't think he appreciated a lot of what what I was doing creatively. Um, I could yeah, be he was fairly checked out towards you. Yeah. I mean, I know that he had he had a lot of interest in like actually having the book, but he was for me that was kind of kind of a, a weird uh period. No acrimony, just, yeah. you know, uh, drifting apart. Um okay, so another question from Matt Maka, where uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um <clears throat> this guy asks, God forbid, if either of you start wrestling what would your theme song be? Uh, I have no plan to start wrestling. I'm a wreck. Guys, I'm 43. Like, I, you know, Dangerfield has that great line <laughs> and Back to School where he says, you could donate my body to science fiction. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now, man. Um, though I've had people hassling me to get into it. Personally, if I were to walk to the ring, it would be to come out to Scott Walker's The Old Man's Back Again. Because <laughs> that's just got, like, a lot of swagger to it, man. That's a great song. You, you actually... I- I get to do this already, like, without having, like, fuck my body up, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I just go out there and get myself over from... The, I've switched from a few things. I think Fortunate Son was my favorite one. Yeah. Just because of the ad, the atmosphere we were in at the time and what we were up against. But, yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, you've done it. I haven't. Maybe one day. Who knows? <clears throat> I, I don't know. I think people like seeing you. I don't, I don't think anybody really gives a shit about me. I, you know, I think I don't I can't remember if I mentioned this recently, but uh, someone recently uh, asked me how to get in touch with the owners of Inspire Pro. And I had to be like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, you're like at every fucking show we do. Why are you asking? Like you stand next to me through most of the shows. And, and he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm one of the owners, man. And and he was like, no way. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, anyway, I like the idea of there being like these dark shadow owners, though. Oh yeah, me too. I just don't understand why they think that I'm getting involved. Like I'm just some like who the fuck am I? Like you know. You know what we, we we should have like the the shadow owners right, and then when we don't want to deal with people, be like, I don't know why they haven't gotten back to you, man. I'll I'll nudge them again for you. Yeah, we should just have a shadow owner who just comes out in a dark robe. <laughs> you know, somebody like yeah. I, I was going like they didn't actually exist, but this is I think so. Luke Hawkins, uh, pivotal part of the Texas wrestling scene has a question and i think you'd best be suited to answer this one um what are your thoughts on the pros and cons of streaming shows live and or on demand yeah um i think you have to almost stream them live now Mm -hmm. right um i came up at the tail end of the dvd era which the big thing was getting your shit on dvd and then selling mass amounts of dvds which still kind of has a place yeah so, some people still like physical media. I'm yeah. talking to the, the king of loving physical media. Yeah, me. Across That's the table me. from me. Yeah. Um, You're sitting in a room full of comic books and, <laughs> yeah. and VHS and, tapes. And to, to an extent, I am, as, I am 
as well. I'm actually um, going back and trying to regain some of my wrestling physical media um, that I went. Oh, the WWE has the network, so this will always be here. Well, guess what fucking happened, right? So I'm trying to actually regain some of some of that stuff that's been lost. I know, I know that I couldn't watch any of ECW once the the Fed kind of put that the stuff up because stuff, yeah, yeah it's it um, it takes away a lot of the magic. If I think you, I think what really connected me with ECW was its attempts to be very counterculture in terms of its presentation and the media and the music and all that stuff. That's a the musical identity of that that you know the alternative identity of that of that show was a huge part of the flavor and why it really spoke to me yeah when when you listen to a new jack match and it's now uh the crowd is semi-muted as they play um natural born killers no no not natural born killers what do they play now? now it's over overdubbed with some in-house thing that oh, okay like, that uh one of the lines that sticks out is in the ghetto like a very enunciated ghetto um, yeah. throughout the whole thing. You're like, it just takes you out of it. Oh, yeah. Especially if you know better, right? Um, so I think now, though, the majority of people that are consuming wrestling, they watch it live. They tweet their comments to each other. There's little bubbles of fans that pop each other, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm not saying anything against that, but that's the that's how they enjoy it. They watch it on their streaming service. They they make the comments with their buddies and they talk about it maybe across the fucking nation, right? They have all these acquaintances on, on Twitter that, that when they do wrestling, that's their little bubble. And you watch it live. And then the on-demand aspect is you don't get to do that if, it, if you're watching it by yourself on demand. So I think there's definitely that aspect. Um, and, and then you have, you have folks that will go back and, and watch... Uh, Watch your older stuff, which is cool too. But I think the majority of people consuming in real time is those type of people. So I think it's very important that you get it out um, as close to live as you can. You know, I think um, I think there's also some. Uh, in, in a weird way, I feel like uh, a back catalog is almost more valuable to the workers in the content. I feel like a lot of them really benefit from being able to say hey look i did this 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 and this so it's it's almost more important to them um you know one thing that really drives me nuts i'm gonna say though is uh the term internet wrestling community i think that you're either a wrestling fan or you're not and i think that i mean like you know wrestling is so niche anyway that people are people use the internet to kind of reach out and talk to one another i i think that um it does certainly allow people to foster uh, deeper opinions, yeah. but most of the time, you know, if not for an internet connection, you ain't watching fucking wrestling, yeah. you know? Um, so I think that's a term that's, that's fairly uh, outdated and needs to be done away with. Uh, if the opposite of um, an internet wrestling fan is just some fucking drunk schlub that shows up to the arena and goes to every Fed show and cheers for The Miz, I don't want, I, to me, that's not a fan. That's just somebody showing up for the spectacle of it. You know, <clears throat> but on the other hand, I know all these people who uh, they follow the products across the board very closely. They talk about it very passionately. To me, that's what a fan is. I think you have people who like ideas and will just go see wrestling and they don't really follow it. But if you're a fan, you're just a fan and you're going to have a very deep seated uh, appreciation for it. Um, the I like to hurt people group on Facebook, I think, is a really great example of real wrestling fandom. You know, yeah. 
Um, and, and and that's sort of what I mean, right? You have there's it, it's not the internet fans anymore, right? You have your group of people you enjoy wrestling with now. Um, yeah, you see that across different platforms, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's a that's enough. Yeah. That's enough from the peasants. Let's get let's get into our shit. For the record, I'll take the drunk guy's money any day. Of the oh week. no no no! I'm joking, man. <laughs> I I fucking I do it. Everything that we do, I mean, we're not walking away with like a car note. No. We're doing we're doing this because we are fans for the most part. Yeah. I th- that's why I always despise the term mark. I think that's another fucking outdated term. Whenever I see somebody use that term, it makes me want to slap the piss out of them. <laughs> We ain't walking away with a fucking uh, car note. We're hoping we have enough money for dinner after the show. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> and not not from the show. Like, literally from, you know, leftover. Yeah, there's a lot of bleed over in terms of our personal finances in the company, man. Yeah. I think if you've been following along, you fucking get that or you don't. But I will say, yeah, I don't, I don't like the term internet wrestling community. I think that's a fake thing. It's fake news. I think it's a fake thing. I think that everybody is so... If you know what the internet wrestling community is, then you are fucking part of it, so don't fucking say it, you know? People are married to their smartphones. People take their phones everywhere. All they do is look at their phones. All they are is, like, connected via, you know, 5G or the internet. Like, you're watching wrestling on the fucking internet. If you're not a fan, you're not a fan. Just shut the fuck up and sit down. Is that fair? I think that it's very fair, right? I think it's one of those buzzwords, right? It's like, um, what's the other one that Vince uses? Like his bizarro world, or yeah, or a you know a small vocal minority. Like, no, no, fuck you. You're getting bad feedback. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh no, you. <laughs> it's like, do you like everybody was like, oh, internet wrestling community. Remember when Fandango blew up after that one WrestleMania? Yeah. And there were thousands of people crowding the street <laughs> singing Fandango's yeah. theme song. Man, that's not fuck that's not the internet wrestling community. That's just the fans responding in a way that is very organic, you know? Um I just feel like it I feel like internet wrestling community has been a scapegoat to discard, you know, potentially responding or acting on uh things as they occur. I mean, most I don't know. Fuck. I'm not going to get into it here, but we do, but we do need to get on to talking about this, uh, recapping this show. So like I said, here we are, uh, back in, um, back in AFS cinema. Uh, and we are about to embark on the event known as license to death wish Two. And I remember this being a pretty tumultuous event with a lot of changes. Yeah, it, it was, but at the end of the day, this is a, a rock solid card too. This is this is a really good show. Yeah. Um, you want to get into the changes for? I mean, the, there's one major one, right? I think we should just follow the changes as we hit the card right, and right, get on the card because that it will say yeah. this is what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so up to this point, we'd been pushing uh, a young guy by the name of Zach Taylor, who was uh, part of uh, Super Academia, which was a stable of guys who legit were being trained by ACH. Um, this also included uh, uh, Ethan Price, as well as Cody Lane Summers. So, like, we, we had this, this trifecta of guys, and even behind them, there were uh, several new guys coming up, but <clears throat> we really liked playing on Zach's uh, Zach being endorsed by somebody who had a lot of credibility. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. Zach delivered in the ring quite a bit. Um, this is an interesting match. It, I don't know if... I can't remember if I would... I, I remember having a problem with it, but I felt like Zach kind of took too much shit and then just kind of came out of nowhere. And This was a moment, though. This was Maybe, definitely a moment. 
God damn, is it a moment? Like, yeah. This crowd at the end of the clearly, it's not expected. We've uh, we we spoiled it, but Zach Taylor definitely goes over, right? Yeah. It went the crowd literally. This is this is, is for the Inspire feet. Pro. Yeah, this is yeah. for the Inspire Pro title, and Zach is really Zach really gets the boots taken yeah. taken to him. We see Tempo a little bit arrogant, a little a little taking his opponent for granted a little bit, but Zach is just scrappy. He's scrap iron. He's fighting back. He's you know he's fighting out of it, and of course the title change kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but it's um it's a huge title change, and man, the crowd loses their minds. They I remember. Yeah, and I remember there being some. I remember there being some trepidation uh, on, like, backstage. We, creatively, not everybody was on board with this idea. But my uh, my tendency is to act on what I think is the moment and getting to things before they cool off. And I personally thought at this point this would help Zach boost his profile in a way that, you know. Yeah, we, we strapped the rocket to him. To him right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the worry was, right, was it too much too soon, but, you know. I think if we had waited, it would have cooled off and then not mattered, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. He was like really kind of like stumbling or lurching forward the, forward with this momentum, and he was having a great string of performances. And sometimes you kind of see a guy. You, unexpected moments are what make professional wrestling great. Yeah. When you can do something that people don't necessarily anticipate. In my opinion, this was a moment that nobody saw coming, but when they got it, holy shit, were they stoked? And and you literally see the crowd erupt up. Everyone's uh-huh. on their feet. After he's won, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, that was a that was a huge uh, a huge moment uh, for us, it, and it was a hell of a way to start the show. Yeah. Like we always say, we try to kind of like pop the audience right at the start. We're not trying to like you know uh, ease people into shit. We're trying to basically dump it in their lap and ha- make them deal with it right off the bat. And this was a moment. This was a great. This was a great start to the show. Yeah, and is this when we start to know that tempo will be leaving? Tempo's loss is definitely something that um, Dan the Man is unhappy with, yeah. because at this point in time, he's uh, he's his his value has gone down exponentially once yeah. once he loses the title. Yeah. So this allows us to to set up some stuff going forward. Yeah, there's 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 an interim where Tempo begins to get punished for losing the title, and I think I think this is something story-wise that you don't get to see very often in wrestling where management is displeased with uh, someone's performance and so they begin to punish them or put them through trials and I think this is a great trope for uh, for turning uh, heels face I think I think it's something it's something I, I love to play with and I've done it a few times but this is basically where we were going with tempo but stuff with tempo was also starting to kind of I don't know, change, because uh, I, I think we all kind of got the feeling that he was going to split pretty soon. Um, not due to anything that we had going on. Um, Tempo, Tempo was an interesting character to deal with, because he didn't necessarily always agree with like a lot of the stuff that I pitched. But there were always moments where he'd go, yeah, you were right. That was, that was fucking awesome. And this is, I think this was one of those moments where Tempo was like, yeah, wow, that reaction was the right, that was the right thing to do. Yeah, had a very, very old school mentality. Oh, yeah. Very old school, yeah. <clears throat> but I also feel like once he got in front of that crowd, he was more than accommodating. Like, he, he had a very traditional style of wrestling, but when he came to us, he certainly adapted. Um, so, yeah, man, great, great match. So here we have up next, speaking of people who've, uh, lost titles and uh, have kind of uh, it's it's put them in a bad headspace. We have a street fight between Stacy Slade and Bruno De La Rosa, formerly the Heavy Hearts, who have split apart. Um, we were pushing for something here that was a little unique, but Stacy's uh, health was not not peak. 
yeah. I don't believe. And, uh, you know, I was really excited about Bruno De La Rosa's flamboyance. We were going to really push him as a singles guy who had like a just just absurd presence and he does he has an absurd presence and i love the fact that he's very large and in charge and you know he's got he's got a great charisma uh and what we were going to do is we were going to push stacy slade in a more hardcore direction i think what we were going to do here was stacy was going to get put out and then come back really hardcore and yeah. continue to feel like we were going to have a surprise return somewhere um it's it's really funny how some of the people some people were i don't think perceived how popular these two guys were yeah to our they were over, man. man they sold a lot of merch and uh the, the people were upset when the heavy heart split yeah the idea behind this was very much the headhunter a versus headhunter b match which you know eventually i mean they got back together as well right yeah yeah i mean we had we had bruno who was very much the um the glam rock uh episcopal preacher <laughs> and then we had stacy slade who was you know kind of kind of lovable but also a little more rough around the edges and i think what I really wanted to do was have them break apart and then reconvene. And I think there was even, there were several different outcomes we were angling for. One was that they would prove they would, they would, they would, uh, swerve everybody and do the old, like Ric Flair and Arn yeah. pretending to hate each other, but they don't. But also there was a, a, a potential of them coming back together, uh, as, as a, as a face tag team iteration, which I think people would have been over the moon for. And uh, this is like <clears throat> those time is a flat circle things because I yeah. feel some deja vu. I can think of at least like two other instances working with Stacy Slade or the guy behind Stacy Slade where we have tried to do this and it f has fallen apart due yeah. to health issues. But, Absolutely. Um, definitely something that's always been there, but you know, it, it is what it is, brother. Yep. Anyway. So this next match is very interesting. Yeah, it is. This is the, the Battle Royal for the Twin Dragon Connection titles. So we have four teams involved. You've got uh, Steve Arino and Angel Blue, who are the title holders. Mm -hmm. You have Thunder Rosa and Cherry Ramon. You also have Gino and Massive. And you have Ruben Steele and Cavallario. Yeah. Who's not listed if you pay attention to Cage Match, but he was in there, I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> so this this is the second time we've used Ruben and, and Cavallario, right? Yeah, yeah, they were doing, I believe, the black metal kind of yeah. thing at the at the time, um, which I don't know. I'd already kind of done that. I think I would have pushed this, pushed the black metal thing a lot more. Um, I kind of wish, I don't know. I think I was feeling out Greg James at the time, yeah. And it, I wanted to do something where I brought him in and brought them in and kind of did another black metal stable, <clears throat> but it didn't quite work out like I I wanted it to. The, there was also there's there's some drama politics. Yeah, both of them. We're on opposite sides of political arguments, and there was some stuff going on with the schools in San Antonio, which both of these guys were a byproduct of. Yep. Um, I believe it was a hybrid school, and as well as a, a Rudy yeah. Boy Gonzalez's school, was that? Um, I think Cavallario went through both of them, but the issue with this was the split between hybrid and heavy metal. Okay. Right. So All right. Ruben obviously big pillar of heavy metal and Cavallario stuck with hybrid. And Man, everybody's so. always feuding with everybody down in San Antonio. It's hard to know what the fuck is going on. Everybody hates each other, so it's hard to know. Like, And, and it's weird because everything is so incestuous. But, uh, but this, anyway, these two jabronis get kicked out early. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is this was really the start of something that I thought was huge. Yeah. This is the start of Cherry and uh, Thunder Rosa. Yeah. And this is... They were they are a phenomenal force. Um, I can't think of 
uh, a pairing of singles people who have who have such a, such a an equal amount of fanfare. Yep. So you kind of you know pour them in a bowl together and you get something kind of exciting out of it but yeah this is in this match uh you know there's a title change yeah so at the end of this you know it's first time really cherry and thunder tagging uh the rules are that the last two will be the champions so we come down to cherry steve and thunder and it's actually steven thunder that uh cherry's eliminated that become the tag team champions thunder rosa is is pissed off. She's not happy at all. And Cherry basically comes in and has to tell her, "Hey, this this is the the way it is. We'll get through it." And we leave with Steve and Thunder Rosa as you know reluctant partners and tag team champions at this point. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was always a fan of these titles because I really wanted to have them create unlikely pairings. And when you have unlikely pairings, you create history. You know, you create you create relationships that you can kind of play off of. And yeah, this was, this was a unique thing where, yeah, last two people standing in this match are the winners of the titles. And even if the person isn't your, your tag team partner, you're stuck with them. Um, And of course this launches uh, a bunch of other storyline stuff regarding some great wrestlers with some fun matches. Um, You know, you have Steve, you have Rosa, you have, you know, Cherry and, and, and uh, angels in the mix too. So things are kind of, yeah, we, we also plant some seeds here with Thunder Rose and Cherry and Gino and um, Massive as well, which absolutely. We, we play on later on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wasn't, you know, I've never been like a really big, I've never been a fan of more ethnic-oriented stables, but I, I really loved the idea of doing something with, you know, Cherry and Massive and Gino and Thunder. And I think it was because that those four people really seemed to have a familial uh, chemistry together. Yeah. They really seemed to get along up to a point. I mean, there was a point where socially things kind of got weird there, <laughs> yeah. too. As, um, as can happen. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to come off like I'm besmirching someone who's passed, but, you know, Massive clearly had some demons and yeah. um, he became a little bit difficult to deal with. He had some personal issues that took him out of in and out of the business. Yeah. Um, and I think he had really high expectations for the crowd response at times that just weren't there. Yeah. And, and, and of course, at some point, his, um, he began to do things that were not acceptable. Yeah. I think at one point, I can't remember whose show it was. Maybe you can, you can, you can remind me, but there was, I woke up to brouhaha about how he had hit a fan, uh, at one of the shows. I think it would be O.W. Was it? Yeah. And San Antonio show. Yeah. But it, it turned out that uh, whoever he had hit was actually a plant. Yeah. And <laughs> but but he didn't tell anybody backstage or like management or anything. <laughs> so they thought that he really fucking clocked somebody. But it created a lot of uh, dissension between he and other people. And I remember even jumping down his throat and I called him and said, man, you can't be fucking hitting people in the crowd. What's wrong with you? And he said, relax, brother. It was somebody I planted in the audience. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks for still like it doesn't make you look good. You've created a lot of heat for yourself. You know, yeah. there was also him. Uh, he was routinely accused of being a little stiff with some of the folks that were up and coming. Um, but, you know, that's. That's wrestling, man. Yeah, you know. So, some folks are snug and some folks aren't, you know? Yeah. So up next we have, uh, in my opinion, a really special match. Um, mainly just because these guys behind the scenes have they have history, they have camaraderie. And I think that's when you often get the best out of somebody. When you have two guys that really want, that love each other and they want to make each other look good in front of the crowd. Um, and of course, a lot of people loved Ethan. They saw a lot of upside in him. 
man, how that's changed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ethan's great. Um, Ethan's great. I wish he were still actually in Austin, but he's yeah. actually moved out of state. Uh, we're, we're hoping that he can be a part of the product going forward, but we'll see. Um, but in this match, we have Ethan Price uh, defeating Jay Sirius, um, which was a big moment. Another upset, if you will. This is a big win for Ethan at this point. Yeah, yeah. Super Academia coming up uh, heads, you know, in, in all these matches so far, right? Um, but yeah, this... This is a this is a great match. You can tell that these guys probably beforehand talked about a lot of what they wanted to do and what they wanted to get out of it. Um, but this is this was a phenomenal match. You have anything to say about it? Yeah, it's uh, the setup for Jay Sirius is the promo beforehand is amazing. It's really good. Yeah, Jojo um, Jojo is really one of the best promos in, in Texas wrestling. I think. And I think that helps out a lot because he he's basically saying that hey, you're not ready. I'm going to make a man out of you, and then the the big win for Ethan that makes it even bigger. You know, it's just a little, one of those little subtle things. Jojo really always wanted to do this thing where he went around and made people like he wanted to give people like opportunities to kind of get over on him. I don't necessarily think that that was the best, um, logic. I think Jojo is one of those guys in, in a way that's similar to Matt doesn't always want to put himself over, you know? But he's also one of these guys that you kind of need to build in order for his losses to mean something. Like, he can get a good match out of anybody, yeah. but sometimes the context really matters and you kind of have to build to a win, you know? And that's that's more on the end of the person who, who's, you know, going over, I guess. But <clears throat> this is a great match. Of course, more comes out of this, but this was this was a wonderful match between two guys that really love each other and... Uh, I don't know, and in a lot of ways really epitomizes the spirit of what makes our company great. Um, the consistency behind the scenes in the locker room and just a familial vibe. This was a match between family, in my opinion, or that's how I viewed it. Uh, it has a decent amount of time to it, too. It's like a 12-minute match. Yeah. So I, I was pleased with it. Um, you want to introduce the next match? Yeah, let's let's go into this one. Go so for it. Up next is uh, PCO versus Andy Dalton. And oh, yeah. This... Um, Originally, I was pretty dead set on this being PCO versus uh, Ryan Davidson. Um, and I think this was one of Davidson's tours of Japan, right? Yeah. So he ended up uh, getting pulled. Um, so I think we kicked around a bunch of stuff. I was dead set on this being a singles match. So what we landed on was PCO versus Andy Dalton. And I thought the final product was, was really good. Um Oh yeah, this is this was a lot of fun. This is everything that we yeah. really kind of wanted out of out of this match, and uh, I was I was certainly pleased with it. Man, PC, and PCO like just what a delightful person, awesome. and it's also really accommodating. Man, like yeah. really went to bat, really promoted us, really talked about us, did fun shit, and um, this was in, this was probably at the height of his popularity before he signed with Ring of Honor, right? Yeah, this was he had that from the Joe Janela Spring Break where he wrestled Walter through when he got signed with Ring of Honor, he was just on fire on the indies. Yeah. And um, we normally, when we would bring in a name, the idea would be that they would put our guy over, but he was, he had all these, these wins and had, had this weird Frankenstein character, you know, um, it didn't feel right to put our guy over. No, not at all. Not it, context is everything. Yeah, you know, it, it felt like we would be like a little, like like a, a what if version of the actual story um so we actually made the call and and pco uh beats andy dalton here and that that to me made 
his stop at our show part of his overall journey. And, yeah. Um, I, I feel like the match feels that way when you watch it back as well. Absolutely. And, and it's just, it was just interacting with him was kind of surreal because, and he was just like so pleasant to be around. And, and, uh, I think, I think at that point, uh, I think he had a really good time at the show. Yeah. He really um, enjoyed yeah. And he asked about coming back. Yeah. And uh, of course some things occur that prevent <laughs> that. We were actually promoting a match with him, uh, at some point, uh, that yeah. didn't happen, but when, when he got signed, yeah. yeah, he got signed ring of honor, which kind of took him off the plate. But, uh, Man, what a what a great human! Uh, what a fun a fun fucking match! Yeah. Bottom line, fun match, and people had fun with it. You know, um, it was right place, right time. And it's that cool thing where we get to bring in a guest that you know the character is on fire, and like, you know, to bring him in at that moment um, is really cool. So, yeah. A lot of fun. Okay, uh, man, I'm going to need your help with the next match. I don't really remember much about this one, just because, yeah. you know, I'm brain damaged. Um, <laughs> so the next, this is a... Uh, so I think... This, some, 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 there was some stuff, I think what's so, why this is so hazy in my brain is that we had to make some changes to this one, didn't we? Yeah, I think this was supposed to be Cody Lane versus Session Moth Martina. Yeah. So, <laughs> she was coming in... Um, yeah, this is right around the time of um, one of the AEW weekends, mm-hmm. right? I think it was the um, the Double or Nothing weekend. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure it was the first Double or Nothing. Cody looked so sad here. Yeah. I remember when he found out. <laughs> he, was, he looked so sad. So we originally, we months out in advance, were able to find plane tickets from the UK that were... They were cheap. Mm-hmm. They were within the realm of a local flight that you would get somebody from Chicago yeah. or DC or something, right? Um, so we, you know, um, Martina was another person that really got over the previous WrestleMania weekend, you know, and, and was really kind of flying high. Hadn't been in the States much. So we had found a Texas loop, you know? Mm-hmm. So all this is where working with heavy metal and working with Sabotage really helped out. So the three of us had split the flight, and we're fairly under the radar, right? Um, now, at the last second, they have all the fucking, you know, shows around Double or Nothing in Vegas. A lot of eyeballs on that. Um, she got booked on an all-women's show the Thursday before. So now... You know, it fills her date book, right? Mm-hmm. So she she takes this, and they are getting her to Vegas and getting her back in time so she can go Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the Texas group. Um, I don't know for sure, but I'm fairly sure that that booking peaked and caught, you know, um, customs. Is that the right mm-hmm. right thing to say? So when she got to the airport to leave to come. To America, uh, they they popped her for you know coming over to work, you know. Yeah. And you know, which is something which is, that happened. Yeah, I mean, I guess kind of in a similar vein, we've always had to keep, uh, for example, Vanessa Craven. Yeah. We couldn't we couldn't really announce her because if um, if authorities had caught wind of the fact that she was coming over here to actually work a gig and make money, 
it, it would have caused a lot of problems. So Vanessa was someone that we had to really wait a while for before we could actually start advertising her. And it kind of kind of fucked us in some ways because yeah. it's like you have someone like that. You really want to be able to promote them. But this was this was one of those situations where, you know, we we had her and we were like kind of excited, but we couldn't really talk about it a lot. And then. Yeah. Yeah. That's, some some other people it. talked about it. A whole lot, right? yeah. Which kind of ruined um, it, ruined it. So yeah, like if you if you go back, like I don't, I think the promotional material for us is actually even off of our page now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was supposed to be Martina versus Cody. This was supposed to be a qualifying match for our um, all this darkness. Yeah. That we were filling in, so um, it it would have been a lot of fun. Um, I I know um, sabotage. Had uh, her and Leva Bates, and Leva was going to cosplay as John Cena, which would have been really entertaining. That that a lot of really cool stuff got fucking nixed because of this. Um, but yeah, this was a really shitty morning on like a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I want to say waking up, and basically thirty minutes before her flight was supposed to leave, seeing the messages that holy shit, I got turned away at the gate. What do I do? What do I do? And uh, you know, not being awake to to help her get through that, and then also you know. Um, just basically getting to the point where there was nothing we could do to, yeah. to fix it. Um, so, um, yeah, sucks. We scrambled to just yeah do whatever we could. And I, I believe, and I'm you know I'm really crunching my brain here. I think that Solo versus Rex Andrews was something that we had planned. Um, there was history with Rex Andrews and the FUCC. So that's where Ashton Jacobs comes in, and then Cody comes in as well. So we still have a match to qualify. Uh, Cody gets the win here. We basically have to find a way for Cody to get a win. Um, Solo looks really good in this match. Yeah, I will say that. Um, I remember being pleased with the match yeah. itself, and the match is great. People it's, were excited for Rex, even though that doesn't pan out quite how yeah. we thought. It's 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 a weird match <laughs> just because it's thrown together, but yeah. the the, the the caliber, the level of, of talent in the ring is nothing to poo-poo. Um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a bummer of a day. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a one of those matches that was put together in less than a week because yeah. we we got the news early on a Tuesday, and you know here we are. And up next we have Delilah Doom defending the Undefinable Championship. Was this her first match back? Yeah, this is the first defense. Yeah, because she she'd injured herself. Yeah, uh, previously, so she she kind of had some some time off, of course. And here she uh, goes up against Cam Cole of the Cool, right? And, and this um, this is really good as well. This Cam is really showing his his potential here. Right? Yeah. So we we always thought, man, we were Cam is a doll. Um, Cam is someone that I just every time I see him, I just I kind of I'm I'm happy. Um, so he's. That's one of the things that I cannot emphasize enough. Um, I think when someone has an inner light to sound kind of hippie-ish, um, those are the people that I really like having around. You know, I think I think Cam just has something really special about him, and I think he's he, he's continuing to grow by leaps and bounds. Um, but he's he's been one of my favorite people to work with. But also, he's just he's just a sweet guy. Him and Kiefer. Kiefer is also another guy that just. Just has this positive presence that I think lends to a happy atmosphere that I think is conducive to really producing good work and good shows and people having fun. I think when you, I mean, people are always like, oh, who's someone that you hated dealing with that you had to deal with? It's like, man, I don't have those people around. Yeah. 
You know, I, I think it's, it's worth the investment to try and make people that you enjoy into something unique and special that rather than bringing in people that, you know, are going to bring <laughs> other folks to the table, but just like are maybe miserable to deal with behind the scenes. Like to me, when this stops being fun, I'll stop doing it. And I don't want people around that are going to make this not fun. I think it's, it's kind of funny. People ask about like, um, the making the sausage right all the the behind the scenes stuff right and that seems to be what people are, are fairly interested in but we're kind of getting to the the period i guess i mean it always pops up but we're getting to the period where we kind of smoothed a lot of that stuff out right like yeah man pushed um, a lot of that stuff away i was actually going to say this like the last episode that we did we kind of had to augment <laughs> with talking about that dumb fucking uh, golf tournament lucha show that you did because when we recapped the episode it was so fucking smooth like we've been doing this for a little while now and so as we're like doing shows it's just like we show up and people just trust us yeah. at this point instinctively because they know that what we kind of i guess we've kind of earned it i don't know years and years of like grinding and being like oh this is yeah. horrible and now like we've gotten through to, to finally be smooth and now we're like well, yeah. now what the fuck are we going to talk about on the podcast? We're like, we're like, we're like fucking cool seniors in high school yeah. as opposed to freshmen who are fucking dodging spitballs. We're not doing that anymore. We're at that point where like people are listening. And me personally, I went through hell for the first several years where people would just like talk to me like I was a simpleton or that I didn't know the business. And it's like, well, you know, I, I have an, a rudimentary understanding of the business and I know how to work work shit out creatively and people would fucking throw rocks at me all the time not literally but just people just wanted to stone me to death because i hadn't earned it and i think at this point in a lot of people's eyes i had earned it i had you know i had paid some considerable dues and i'd never fucked anyone over that's a big deal too not fucking people over yeah um, it goes along especially in this business yeah i mean there are people who've paid their dues but still fuck people over and they get away with it because they quote unquote paid their dues but you know i don't have that luxury you know that i'm gonna have to work for your love anyway it's true it's true <laughs> I, my laugh um, is true yeah anyway delilah doom uh, retains against cam cole in her returning uh, uh defense and uh Everybody sure was happy to see Doom back. And, of course, Cam is great because he's just, you know, he's kind of loathsome at this point. So she, she had she had her work cut out for her. Um, then, of course, up next, we have what I think might be the best match that we'd ever had in Inspire Ring up to this point. Can, can I? I want to comment because I'm looking at Cage Match and I believe you are, too. Yeah. So right above this, this match, it says, not enough votes for total rating. So if you're listening and you're an Inspire fan, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna beg a little bit here. Go on Cage Match. I don't know what it takes to vote on this shit, but go on there, vote on these matches, because I mean some this deserves to be ranked fucking somewhere. This match is fucking phenomenal. It is. You know. It is of course Ricky Starks versus Shane Strickland, and I I, I gotta tell you, um, I think the ACH Shane match was okay. Yeah. Okay. But this is, this is on another fucking level. This is this, a fucking fight, man. Yeah, this is uh, when I saw when I, as I was. I think everybody in the building was riveted, including the staff of yeah. AFS, where they're just like, "Holy shit!" I remember standing next to the bartender, and the bartender was just like, kind of almost like, "Oh yeah, I gotta serve you. Hurry up here!" Yeah. Holy shit, this is crazy. You know, like the staff. I remember the management standing behind the bar watching this match, and people just. Like, everybody was on their feet for this match. 
And it is, in my opinion, like I said, the finest match that had, had occurred in Inspire Pro up until this point. And Ricky, of course, who had become wrestling dad to a lot of people who are just now starting to kind of get traction and notoriety. Um, Ricky was wrestling dad to a lot of people. Um, <clears throat> Cause he set an example. This is one of those matches where I, I think I had been saying uh, up to this point, Ricky was the best seller in the state of Texas, yeah. possibly indie wrestling. Nobody sells better than Ricky. It's, and it's real to him, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he gets it, man. You know, the thing that a lot of people who are in the business uh, kind of don't understand is that you are only as powerful as the guy that you beat. And you have to make a guy look really good in order for the challenge to seem important. You know, a lot of people still like wrestle with that ego. Like, well, I got to get my shit in. I got to look good. And Ricky doesn't do that. He's he's actually folded his shit into being able to look like he's getting killed. And he looks like he's getting killed. He, he looks like he is on a rack. He looks like he's getting stretched. You it's, know, it's a uh, it's a little bit different because Ricky's a different type of athlete. But it um, you would hear in Raven interviews all the time where he would talk about I wanted to be able to have the best whatever whoever I was wrestling match possible. If I was wrestling Terry Bam Bam Gordy, I wanted to be able to have the best Terry Bam Bam Gordy match. If I was wrestling Chris Jericho, I wanted to have the best Chris Jericho match. Uh, Ricky has a little bit of that to him as well, mm-hmm. where he can, he can have whatever your match is. He can bring out the best I, in you. I th- and I think a really great, um, a really great example of that was his Ryan Davidson match. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think it was right around the Ryan Davidson match was the point where we realized like we always saw, saw Ricky as a star, but we knew that we weren't going to be able to keep him much longer. Yeah. I think we knew that his days were numbered within our company. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, not, you know, just at, at yeah. this point, they were getting gigs on NXT that, that Stanford was looking at Ricky Starks uh-huh. and they knew who the fuck he was. So the fact that they didn't pull the fucking trigger, shame on fucking them, uh-huh. you know? I mean, he was actually getting mic time in NXT shows in the yeah. dark matches. Like, yeah. he was talking, and he was and he was performing really well. <clears throat> I do think it's weird that, that, you know, he wasn't plucked. He was right fucking there. Yeah. Could have got him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, this Ricky Starks, Shane Strickland, hopefully we can post this match somewhere because it needs to be seen. It is just a good match, regardless of it being an indie. I, I would stack it up against anything that you see on television. I think it's it, better than a lot of TV matches, even. Yeah, it, it may be on our YouTube already, but if it's not, then I definitely will get this out here. But you fuckers at home have to promise me you're going to come on this damn cage match and vote for it because that's ridiculous. Yeah. we got to get some votes for this thing. Anyway... Yeah, man. Phenomenal match. And from there we go into... It's it's crazy to have this 27-minute opus that people are just like, ugh, ugh, you know, we're, we just got killed by this match. And a lot of times people talk about, you know, kind of having a breather in here, but uh, we actually follow up appropriately, I think. Um I think this. I think. I think transitioning into this, there was like nothing that was going to beat Ricky Shane, but the the level of emotion here is really huge. Um, this is, of course, uh, MJF versus ACH Battle of the Acronyms, <laughs> as it was uh, promoted by some fans who made media for the show. Um, I wasn't very happy with that, by the way. Um, I hate it when people do that. Actually, let, let them have their fun. <clears throat> no, man, you can't fucking do that because when people are presenting. 
you know what, man? Fuck you. I'm over here. I'm in your company. I'm working for you. If someone's going to make a bunch of Bush League looking press for us and uh, put our name on it, that pisses me off because a big part of a company and any company is making sure that you quality control what people see of your shit. Yeah. As long as we didn't retweet it. As long as we didn't fucking sponsor it. Doesn't matter. Uh, Don't fucking care. Don't do that shit. And especially don't promote it on our shit to get yourself over. That's another thing. A lot of people do shit like that, thinking that they're going to go make money making flyers for people. Well, let me burst your bubble, motherfuckers. (laughs) Just because you got fucking MS Paint or whatever the fuck you have, like on your mom's laptop, doesn't mean that anybody's going to fucking pay you for it. People making wrestling flyers, man, they don't get paid shit. So don't think that you're fucking like tap dancing the way to the fucking bank. Like you you got like something up on people. Because most of the time, your shit, it ain't spelled right. It looks like shit. You're stealing fucking photos from people. Just fucking knock it off, okay? Just knock it off. Did you just go in on MS Paint? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Fuck MS Paint. I mean, it's Bush League, right? We're talking. Yeah, yeah, MS Paint's pretty bad. Yeah, well, even I know that. Yeah. Um, so don't make but, don't make fucking shit that we didn't approve and then put it on our channel. I don't like it, you know. Anyway, um, yeah, this is a huge match. This is a huge match for us. It's it's kind of oh, veering yeah. veering further along this um, multi episode uh, story arc with MJF, who has committed to do some yeah. stuff with us. Um, and in this match, of course, you know, I was not ha- happy with the finish. Yeah. But, I, it's a low blow, right? Yeah. I hate it. I hated it. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like it should have just been a legit win. Um, yeah. cause, it, and I it, think, come, it comes over very well, rewatching it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it recently, but it just, to me, it... it um, I get, I get yeah. it. Cheap heel shot. I get it. But I, I also feel like a lot of the time, you've got to make your, your heels look strong. Uh, you have to make them look legitimate. And I feel like Albert deserved a little better. You know, I mean, beating Albert strong, that makes him look good. And ultimately, it makes whoever he drops the title to look better. So that's why I'm, I'm not a fan of stuff like that, um, especially in such a high profile match. Yeah. You know, the the crowd shit a proverbial egg. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, they're mad. I do want to put our crowd over. So there's a, a constant buzz during the action. But during key moments of the match, like important um, psychology moments of the match, they throttle down, but they don't die. Like, there's still, like, a, a low buzz as they're almost studying what's happening. It's almost like a Japanese crowd. Yeah, and then the, the action happens, and the buzz picks back up. It's like the, they know. They're like, okay, fuck, this is important. Let's see what's going to go on here. Then, okay, now we're at a Tom and Jerry spot or whatever. You know, big buzz. Um, really cool, and I... I noticed it, but it was it didn't really kick me in the face until I, I saw it in this match. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like they're they're on the apron, and, and um, MJF has been working on Albert's arm, and now he has his arm, and it's like, "Okay, is Albert going to get out of this, or is this going to be a big spot where he hurts his arm again, or is Albert going to be able to like feel fucking MJF into the chairs or whatever it is?" Um, and they're real quiet. The spot happens and then they come back up and it's just it's a really cool thing that uh i really appreciate watching this match back yeah <clears throat> and of course mgf for the win becomes our pure prestige champion and this is a big this is a big get for us uh because it takes someone who is uh on an independent level uh really generating a buzz but we, we've also got him committed to kind of seeing this angle out um and of course if you're paying attention to the card you see ricky just killing it 
Yeah, you know, since we get back, he's killed it always. But I, I feel like his string of matches once we get back to AFS has a certain magic. And I think that pretty much in everybody's head, they can see that we're kind of angling toward Ricky Starks versus MJF, right? And of course, I think at this point, we also know that there's something going on with Albert. Yeah. There's something brewing. <laughs> and um, we know that people are paying attention, right? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, man, great show. Uh, great card. Even with the changes, I think, you know, at this point, we know how to make an audible. We're doing we're doing our best when things kind of fall apart. And even with the loss of uh, Session Moth, this was still just a killer fucking card with a killer energy to it. Uh, and yeah, I'm with you, Biss. Can't say enough good about the fans. Yeah, ex- excellent there. Actually, I'm doing the fucking Dave Meltzer where I'm shuffling my fucking papers over here trying to look for something. Um pull the curtain back for you guys. I'm trying to see what it was that MGF did on the pay-per-view right before this. Cause I think it was fairly big. Like it was clear. That oh was, yeah. Yeah. He was going to become a, a big thing. God damn. I, I can't give him enough credit though. I mean, this guy flew in and was just dead in the back. Like he was just sleeping, but also I think he partied. So yeah, fuck yeah it. whatever he's, he's, <laughs> he's entitled to, but uh, it like just workhorse shit, man. It, and I can't tell you that I felt so humbled because this dude had just performed on a relatively large stage in front of a pretty sizable crowd, which was a record breaking show. Right. Uh, for independent wrestling in terms of the sellout, you know, um, he was there for that. That was history. And he came from making history to take the title from our champion. And I was really, uh, I can't, I can't say how grateful I was for that. I was, I was, I was really honored. Yeah. You know what? It, it was the all in Mm -hmm. all in is where he would have been at. Uh Um, yeah, which is just just amazing to think that he went like from from the the battle royal of that which he really starred in. Yeah, to, uh, yeah, coming to coming coming to us. <laughs> I mean, you know, a few he went from thousands to a few hundred, and he still delivered. Yeah. He still fucking killed it. So, um, hats off to MJF for that. Um, I do have to give the devil his due there. My 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 tune is going to change in a little <laughs> bit, but. Um, I still will be forever grateful for for, for that. Um, Anyway, we'll be back next week with another dashing episode of Inspire AD. uh, And we will uh, hopefully see you then. Bye-bye.